Hello? This is Let's Shoot This Fucker. Oh, God. <laughs> ah! So done with you. This is two nerds sitting on a couch. Shooting this fucker. No! <laughs> So, I didn't really realize this, but Allegiant was one book that was supposed to be two movies. So, they tried to Hobbit this thing. Yep. So, instead I think of... that Hobbit is a bad analogy because that would have happened after. I think it's more Hunger Games and the Harry Potter movies and, and Twilight. And the Twilight right. movies. Right. So, let's just all did take that last, last book and books. split it into two because we can make more money. But it turns out that that backfired in a spectacular way because not only was that third movie a flop, like, in the box office, they were like, well, I guess we're not going to make another one. Nope. And if they had just made one movie, they might have actually ended up making more money. Um, but from what I understand, the ending of the book caused some controversy as well, given that um, it was, it went a little further than, than this. Obviously, there was supposed to be more action that had happened at the end of this. And instead of this one just being like, you know, ending on an up note, because there was also talk about... Um, a TV series. Yeah, and I think that if this had happened like two years ago instead of eight years ago or whatever, um, it could have been like a Netflix limited series. Mm -hmm. But that that whole ecosystem of the streaming services and their like quick and dirty cash grabs that they're doing now, like none of that existed. Well, except the TV series was dropped um, because the the cast. And the network executives didn't care. So they would have had to come up with a completely new cast. Well, as well as ship, shopping it out to right. different... I mean, it would have been all new. Which, I guess, what, the, which fine, is fine. But I, is which the series is what I'm really... Saying. Does it really is merit it, that? Right. But that's what I'm saying, though, is that like the network system is not would not do that. They were not going to do that. Right. But, no, like, totally. But like a Hulu would be able to do that. Yeah, but if Hulu was going to do that, I think I would really rather them say reboot firefly <laughs> <laughs> but whatever that yeah. didn't happen so this is allegiant which um is the the um i don't know I, I feel like this movie was fine a lot of different stuff happened but like it keeps happening the same way in all of these movies so in this movie mm -hmm. allegiant is the maze runner scorch trials where we finally get through the wall and there's a desert and this is the movie why when we watched the Maze Runner, I was like, "Where's the blood ring?" Yes, and there wasn't any because it was a completely different movie, like yeah. it was a different series entirely. It was this it, Legion is the one See, where it's like there's there's blood ring in it, but they're so indistinguishable at this okay, point. But right, and and this is the bummer is that like I should have just left well enough alone because in my mind, this movie was three hundred thousand times more metal than it actually ended up being. <laughs> Like, I mean, the blood rain was like a neat blood, idea. The but. blood rain was so like unbelievably metal that it took over my mind, and I thought that the whole thing was them just running around in blood rain, which yeah. would have been great, actually. No, I would have been there for it. Wasn't there like in Good Omens there was a blood rain, and they all realized that it was actually kind of gross because of course it's like it'd be gross. blood clots and it's sticky and it smells and okay, it's just could nasty. You stop talking? I think this was just toxins. It yeah. might have just been no, rust. No, I'm sure it was just rust, rust but it doesn't matter. It was still really, really metal, and I was super into it. And it's actually, I mean, I think that there's actually two discrete blood rains. There's like a... Well, there's one on the way back. Blood, like, shower. Because four comes back, too. 
Yeah. It's, but I mean, the problem with blood rain is that you can't actually tell if you're bleeding. You know, it's like the Fight Club. Like, is that your blood? And you're like, some, some of it. it. <laughs> so anyway, but this movie starts where the last one left off. So everybody's heading towards the wall. No. Yes. I mean, it starts with like, it Eve- not... Evelyn closes the gate. Oh. At the beginning of the movie, because it's like, I mean, I think they might have like been climbing something or whatever. It was a, like attempt at not just having it start with, you know, we're walking towards the wall. Everybody in the world is walking towards the wall because okay. we want to see what's out there. And then like the Humvees pull up and they're like, no, nobody can leave because yeah. now so, all of a sudden President Coyne has realized that so this like, is a yeah. threat to so her the, power. Just like a little, little backup is that at the end of the last uh, movie... We discovered that Chicago was the site of a giant unethical um, experiment, and the per, you know the founders left this uh, murder box to with a message, and the message is, "Yay, you guys have all been experimented on your whole lives. There's a whole one, world." Out one there. of you can leave. One of you, can <laughs> leave. but but also just to, like come find us. We're all out there, and um, immediately. The leader of the factionless, who has become the de facto leader of everything, um, is like, psych, nobody can leave. Yeah, and, and her, her stated purpose is because we need to know more, we don't know what's going on, we should investigate, whatever, which are actually legitimate things, but like, you know, she's all like, I have to protect my people, and it's like, you just overthrew the government, and now you're being all strong-handed about letting people leave? I mean, like, if they want to walk outside... Let really, them walk outside. I mean, be, like, it shouldn't, it shouldn't, be an shouldn't issue. this be about freedom? And then the, I think the title comes from, because this whole opening bit was a little messy because I, it was kind of hard to determine, like, who was in charge and why and what was going on. But um, the leader of Amity, um, who was played by Octavia Spencer, Spencer um, she becomes the head of Allegiant, Roll credits, who are people who are into the faction system still, apparently. Well, that seems like a weird choice for someone who was about tolerance before, and yeah, now it's all about like, like. Yeah, I mean, part of the problem here is that the entire political system exists to push Triss's uh, life along, <laughs> and so nothing makes sense except as to you know, act as catalyst for her behavior. Right, because and so that's the ultimate, ultimate goal here is that Triss is a Christ figure. Uh-huh. She's the one. She is the savior of all. Uh-huh. And we need to get her into a position where she can sacrifice herself for the good of everything. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so the way we do that is stage some Nuremberg trials. Right. But they're, but <laughs> and they're, not, they're not even... But they're not that good. They're more like it's like it's like a Mad Max uh, Beyond Thunderdome trial. Right. No. T- yeah. It's like it's like if you go into the middle, pretty much you're not leaving. Right. And so it's these crappy like like it's like a game show. What do you guys think? A show of hands. Should, like the loudest applause. Who should yeah, die? Who should applause? Who should die? And so the, so they're you know they're they're killing all the people who were uh, the erudite the coup. erudite coup people, which um, is kind of rich coming from the factionless who just staged their own coup right and like, but I, I think i think possibly candor was involved because it wasn't Dan, didn't daniel day kim show up at some point and well, was like why Kendra's am i in this goddamn like, movie and then he left he's the one who's there for the legitimacy of the trial 
Mm-hmm. Because, like, Candor is all about justice, and so he's like, I am going to oversee the trial and make sure everybody is fair and whatever, and then he's out. And the thing I couldn't quite understand was, so you've got Chicago, you've got mm-hmm. the, the built-up places that are nice, and you have, like, the factionless headquarters, which is, like, a cement, post-apocalypse, like, cement rebar jungle of nastiness, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you're factionless, you're homeless, you, you don't belong anywhere. And this is where the seat of government moves. I mean, I guess it's because it's closer to her cool apartment, but, the I mean, <laughs> why wouldn't they just do it downtown where all the stuff is? Right, you like, know, why wouldn't so they... It would be so much easier to just do it where the, the real power seat is. Do it is. in the candor headquarters, which are all... But no, I mean, you've got to have, like, rebar cages, and, because, I mean, that's cool. Dude, it's all about the aesthetic, though, ultimately. Yeah, no, it, it, it totally is, because it's... But it's it's a, it's a Mad Max trial. I mean, you almost expect them to be wheeled out on, on dollies with chains and big face cages and it's not bane <laughs> like <laughs> no the latest mad max with like the blood bags and oh, you know the whole oh i apologize yes you are correct yeah um, but it's yeah so much rebar and so yeah so there's all these stupid show trials going on and um four and tris and um tori and christina, christina and caleb and caleb no caleb is maggie wasn't maggie one of them i thought she made it, it to the top somebody has to somebody has to die her name is tori maggie oh is that tori maggie, maggie q, q. q right yeah the yep. actress is maggie q um um yeah they're they're all completely over it they think this is bullshit like this is no way to run a society you know you should be jumping off of things and punching people yeah um, although it's it turns out like like the maze runner they're still trapped in a maze, and now they're literally climbing the walls. Yeah. Well, anyway, so they decide that they're gonna they're gonna bust Caleb out of the the. Yeah, because she cares all of a sudden so much about her brother who tried to get her killed. Uh, yeah, he keeps just trying to get her killed. He's such a drag. But now she needs to break him out because you know he's on trial and she disagrees with putting him on trial, I guess, or something. Yeah. Who knows? So whatever, they're gonna break him out, and it's gonna be awesome. And they do a bunch of Jedi mind trick hand waving to get them out. Um, and Christina the, and comes through and like she's like magically I've got paperwork and everybody's like okay and then they they all drive off to the um, to the wall at which point they all have to like climb. But here's the thing I don't quite get because like Peter shows up and he's like you're taking me or I'm gonna turn you in I could yell and he actually starts yelling and that was the start of his glorious entrance into this movie because he has spent the last two movies being such a punchable dick bag. And now all of a sudden, he's like, you know, you can let me come along, or I could just start yelling something like, help, they're escaping, help, help. And they're like, shut up, get in the car. And I was like, that was really funny. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so that character who had just been kind of standing around smarming up until this point turns into, like, hands down the best thing about... And it's the same than, director, no, no, I'm so, sorry. I mean... Other than the blood rain, this is the best part of this movie, is yeah. him showing up and then snarking on everybody who absolutely fucking deserve it because they're all so serious to the point of being massive, massive drags. Yeah, that's, this is exactly what those other two movies needed was him acting just like this. Yeah. But so whatever decision that was, that was a good one. That was excellent, yeah. But I did, I mean, at, at, at this point I realized that the reason they probably didn't make a fourth movie is mm-hmm. because the, the part where you have the trials of the traitors is exactly the part in the Hunger Games that ended that series so why have another movie because what do you do after the trials because if you're trying to be the hunger games yeah i don't even know that that movie's been made yet though girl yeah well but this escape plot is dumb because peter shows up and he's like i'm coming with you 
And somehow they magically brought an extra set of escape equipment with, yeah. <laughs> like, all, with the, with the, like, bat utility belt and everything for him. Because now you have an extra person, but... Whatever. That's yeah, fine. It's We've fine. got an extra... You need to not. You need to not you. nitpick that sort of thing. So yeah, so they they get over the wall. Unfortunately, we lose Tori slash Maggie Q. Um, yeah, I mean she had to die to prove the situation serious. And to be honest, what good is a tattoo artist in the hinterlands? No, you know but what also I mean? like, you can't have any adults. You can't have any bona fide adults. Yeah. Otherwise, they're going to be in charge. Yeah. No, that's true. Because these people are idiots. But I mean, it looked like they filmed this in Yellowstone or something because of all of the like cauldrons and smoking craters yeah. and so I mean, it was is, just so brilliant, this, like apocalypse land. It was really great. So they yeah, so they go out into the wastelands and it's like not only is there blood rain, but there's like blood cricks. There's like cricks yeah. of blood. Just follow the Blood Creek down the Blood River. Yeah, you know, to the left uh, of the Blood Desert. You know. <laughs> right, and so, and they're like can't miss it. And and this is another one of those uh, Peter moments where he's like, uh, you know, they're they're all like huddled around under like ruined concrete rebar crap, getting blood rained on, and he's like, well, this is fun or something yeah. like that, and it's just. <laughs> It's just the best. Could be worse. Could be blood raining. Yes. Yeah, so um, and I, I'm a little. But hazy. then, so then, like, um, the the chief factionless commando Edgar shows up in a Humvee, like in this desert, like the desert wasteland, mm-hmm. which is not flat. I mean, it's it's like Yellowstone. It's all cauldrons and craters and everything else. It's mm-hmm. like it's like a demilitarized zone. And he just like rockets through on this Humvee, and I'm like, what road is he on? I mean, all they have to do is like go into the little canyon here and then he can't take his car there. I mean, yeah. somebody's going to have to get out and punch them. Because I like, think that it, his entrance scene was him like General Lee like jumping his car yeet, <laughs> over and I was like, oh man. And there was an almost like Bollywood like stare as he's flying over and looking down at them and they both <laughs> lock eyes and it's just <laughs> like, really this good. is so dumb. No, but then, so I mean good. like, so then like the, the army with the blood camouflage shows up well, you gotta have the blood ring camouflage. And, they're, and they like, you know, they they take out, they take Edgar out Edgar and, and you know whatever the desert military with the blood camo, and then like literally they say, "Welcome to the future." <laughs> I forgot that. Oh my Welcome God. to the future. And then so they go to like this top, you know, this uh, you know high high tech world where they like they put all their clothes in an incineration thing, and we get to see Triss naked and because no, no, we're following her they, through they, this they and not to, for they have to go through like a like one of those decamina- decontamination scenes that you get in science fiction. Yeah, like, but it was like the uh, in Galaxy Quest when they have a transporter and they're covered in this like layer of sludge, transparent sludge, uh-huh. and it's like whoa, 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 and there's a whole scene where it's like oh my god, and then like the shower starts and it just sort of washes it off of her. And it's like that's so unnecessary, but also necessary. Okay, yeah. So they so they get all clean, so good. They get all cleaned up, and they're given. Just like, like she just like tosses her clothes into the incineration hatch. There's no guarantee that they're going to give you more clothes on the other side. They just said to throw your clothes in there, so it's a good thing she's dauntless. Yeah. <laughs> Well, she doesn't daunt easy. Anyway, so they they but they're you know they're well then they give you a little the uh, idiocracy tattoo. Yes, yes. Oh <laughs> like my here's God. your barcode. Everybody gets a barcode <laughs> on their wrist. Um, and then we meet David. Um, David from the Bureau of Genetic Welfare, oof. which is just the worst sounding oof. agency name. Oof, oof. yeah. Ever you genetic know, no, welfare. I gotta, so it's like I gotta, welfare system I gotta say only this for is genes. Like slightly better than Wicked. <laughs> 
Yeah, except it's, I don't know, it's just... It's Orwellian. So much fun. more fascist, you know? I mean, like, yeah. genetic welfare. So you know right away that this is a eugenics program. Yeah. You know, the experiment is all about breeding a divergent who is genetically pure, which is, is just like... Just the fucking grossest. Wow, so that's where we're going with this so like yeah. all of those other people are damaged they literally they're called the damaged yeah which is like could like, we find a better euphemism genetically like, pure. like purity challenged or <laughs> you know what i mean like some sort of way of, you know on some level I'm, I'm kind of okay with it being as like kind of bald as it is you know like yeah but i think the word pure is a little, is a little fascist gross. it's just a little not even just a little anyway and what's what's that actor it's uh jeff daniels, jeff daniels? yeah it's oh, like dumb and dumber jeff, jeff, grew yeah, up and like... became a fascist dictator yeah so he shows up and he's like hey welcome to oh god i love this so much because like again this is taking place in chicago and he's like well, he's this is at, o- at o'hare airport, at O'Hare airport! <laughs> this is the future is is, is the there's like Yellowstone between here and, and O'Hare. Yeah, that's fine. No, <laughs> like but Oak it... Park is now a steaming cauldron of blood rain. <laughs> we knew that though. <laughs> anyway, but I mean, I just, I just think that's so hilarious that like the the eugenicist program is taking place in O'Hare Airport. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Um. Woo. Yeah. But and anyway, it was, so like, the, the, it turns out that everybody's like, oh my God, it's them. Like, they're famous. Like, apparently people have been watching this, apparently. watching it like, t- this is the Truman Show all of a sudden. It's a reality TV program. Everybody knows who they are, which yeah. is just the freakiest, weird, like, what kind of crazy voyeur culture are you people? Yeah. It's, like, talk about damaged. Yeah. I mean, oh it's, my God. It's messed up. So, That's not the right way to approach this. Yeah. And so Jeff Daniels slash David is like, well, you know, because uh, rightly so, Tris and Four are like, that's garbage. And why aren't you intervening? Like, these are real people's lives. They are not just your television program. And he just sort of throws up his hands. And he's, he's like, like oh, well, that's just. Can't. Got it. I mean, oh, I, so, I, so an experiment yeah. goes on. I mean, well, whatever. well, and then he's like, well, I mean, he totally passes the buck like a really good micromanager or not a micro, like middle manager does where he's like, well, I mean, I'm beholden to the council and they're off in Providence or Providence, whatever. like Rhode Island, right? Uh, maybe, I, don't know why. I guess. Question mark. Yeah. So but it turns out your tattoo can actually open doors in O'Hare Airport if you're pure. So like Triss's tattoo has more bars and we look at Forrest's tattoo and he's missing a bar. So he's like almost pure, mm-hmm. but his tattoo doesn't open the door. And to be honest, like... I think that purifying the human genome is a really good idea because we're like 70% banana. So we have to like get more bars on oh our tattoos. Oh my God, you have to stop talking. 70% banana. You're 70% banana. I know, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um, and this one, it just, so it, <laughs> I was thinking when I was watching this, this is like the, this is like the movie where you have a band and, and, they get a manager, and the manager tries to make this lead singer have a solo career. Yeah, it's Josie and the Pussycats. It's Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah, you don't need them. They're, they're not your friends. They're not pure. They're, yeah. They're, so that's, they're damaged. So that's they're mudbloods. <laughs> so that's totally the plot of this movie, is, is David trying to get Triss to have a solo career. That's exactly right. And well, and then they, they totally take the faction people. So you've got um, 
uh, Christina and Four, uh-huh. who are then put into the military. They're given blood camo, mm-hmm. and then because they're dauntless, right? Yep. And then you have the two erudite people, uh, Peter and Caleb, are put into surveillance drones. Yes. And they're like, just go. You know what? You can go they fly even, around invisible don't... in Chicago. Just check out the girls' bathrooms. Whatever you feel like. <laughs> they don't even. You know? yeah, they don't even. They don't train them. They don't give them an objective. It's just like, here you go. Yeah, go watch. Be a creeper. Yeah, and, and apparently and this is like, like a live feed that they're tweeting out to the entire rest of the world <laughs> live, where it's like, oh my God, Tris, you and Four when you did the thing. Oh, that was amazing. Whew. I mean, I he's totally a mudblood, but oh, you guys are hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so they're hanging out and they're like creeper pods. Yeah, the whole like Stanford prison experiment is dividing the people out to where they go and yeah. then, um so then the, the the dauntless people head out to the fringe they call it the fringe mm-hmm. which is the uh, basically the factionless it's like people who are more damaged than the damaged people because they're living out in you know the desert this is just people who range. are not living under the regime that's setting up whatever these stupid experiments are. Right. So, like, I mean, and, and the, so they're supposed to, like, go rescue kids. And it's like, well, we have to rescue. We can't rescue everybody. So we're focusing on the, the ones we can help the most. And that's the kids. And it's they're basically just capturing, like, aboriginal kids. Like, mm-hmm. the native population. Like, this is really what this is. Is like, in Australia, they, they did this. What the do you mean Australia? They did that right here. In no, I know. State. But, I mean, like, this, this, like, this is actually a really recent, like, in the last century they were they were like legally kidnapping children from their families raising them with like they're trying to wipe out the culture so they'd raise them in in western yeah i know yeah 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 and that's so that's kind of what they're talking about here is is like the same kind of thing and then it turns out they have this like amnesia gas that they give them so that they totally forget who they were and it's like well that's kind of a neat technology yeah yeah it's all pretty disgusting and obviously i mean yeah obviously christina and four are both really really grossed out by this because they're like we're stealing people from their if we're stealing children we're making them forget their own parents like this is not you guys are not on the level yeah so it's like human trafficking so like i like four four solution is to go find somebody who's got a pure wrist and sticks it under the elevator scanner. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if it were really that easy, that's kind of dumb. I mean, like, I kind of feel like, well, okay, fine. I guess we'll just, kinda, we'll just you know, chop I your arm off and it will carry your I've hand around. I've never really thought about Four as a character, but he's, like, he's sort of the unsung, more interesting person. in the, You know, like, his, you know, grows up in an abusive environment, like, overcomes his, you know, major fears of, stuff you know his mom is this crazy ruler like he's got a really complicated history yeah way more complicated than triss's which is just like i grew up in a really nice christian house and then i decided to become a cop yeah but because she's she's like 68 percent banana like <laughs> she gets elevator rights and he doesn't right so anyway yeah so he's like going up the elevator and he finds tris he's like tris i broke into your pure it's so dumb that he would have to like break into the pier section and and like run around and they they kind of act like you know it's like oh my god how did you get in here somebody call security there's a janitor up here and and he's like Tris they're kidnapping children whatever and Tris is like oh no I'm sure you're wrong um, you know my 
David, my friend David, David would never, would never do, do anything that. like yeah. that. And, and, you know. and I, I feel like... Four is not your friend. <laughs> David is totally jerking. Um, but I mean, and, and this, this part actually did not make sense in terms of Triss's character. Like, Triss is a puncher. You know what I mean? Like, she's going to yeah. be like, wait... You think I should punch him? I'm gonna totally punch him, and then and I'm gonna they, jump off of something. They like stuck her in a white dress that's that's basically the same as, um, as the as, um, Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet was wearing a blue version of the same dress, and it's just oh. this like kind of, but it's white because she's pure. She's not just right, erudite. Right. She's like pure, and she's a businesswoman now. I mean, she's like the savior of whatever. She's like part of all their plans, which seems kind of dumb because. I mean, genetically speaking, it's like the thing they should have her do is make babies. Right. I, I mean, if that's right. what they're trying to do, they should just do that instead of being like, well, we value your opinion. It's like, no, you you don't. Right. You, you value it's her not, her It's her not uterus, about anybody's opinion. Yeah. So anyway, she's like, no, um, I, I love you, but you're genetically inferior, so I can't listen to you. And so they, you know. So she, she and... Um, David, fuck off. To, they go to Providence. To go to Providence. To Rhode Island. And then, and then uh, Four is like, we're going to take you back to Chicago. It's like, totally, we're going to take you to a farm where you're going to ha- have fun and be happy. And Matthew's like, they're not taking you to a farm. They're going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, But yeah, God. I mean, like, so Providence, <laughs> Providence is great. It's like, they're, they're, uh. I don't even know what they were doing there originally. Like, why did they go to Providence? I, the point? You know, it was like, he just had to, like, go to some budget meeting. He was trying to get... He was trying to get more funding. He was like, well, we're not quite done with the Chicago yet. And they actually, like, literally at one point, the board is like, yeah, I mean, he's just... He could totally go into Chicago and restore order. I mean, he's just trying to prolong this to get more funding. And it's I like... Know. And it's like, that, to me, felt the most real out yes. of anything in any of these movies. In, I'm in... like, that's... That's spot on. That, That's what's that happening. Happened. And in fact, it's so spot on that it almost throws you out of the whole film. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> you're like, wait a minute. Like people worry about budgets. They uh, they yeah. worked before. Yeah, None of that no, made totally. any sense on a budgetary level. But okay, but there are budgets. Like, yeah, no, okay. of course there are budgets, and you would have to fight for them as a bureaucrat <laughs> because if you don't spend it, you're not going to get as much budget next year. So he's like working on full scale war in Chicago, so he can just get more budget. I know it's so great. I mean, it's so great, but also it totally just doesn't work in the world. Um, <laughs> because that, that's yeah. the thing is that like I I get really really excited when when narratives at like on a real level worry about things like budgets. Right. Like, that is something that I find extremely exciting when I find it in science fiction. It's just that you can't just tag it on. You know right. what I mean? Like you either you're either taking place in a world that has budgets or you're taking a place in the world that has blood rain. Yeah. You can't have both. Yeah. Well, and I I kind of I feel like the the the, the difference is like you know in um, I think in Phantom Menace there's this whole scene in the Senate where they're like argue argue whatever. But like what that really should have been was a budget meeting. You know, that would have felt a lot more real because I think what Lucas was going for was like bureaucratic bullshit and this nailed it. It was like perfect. It was just like, yeah, no, totally. This is just a ploy for more funding. It's whatever. You guys should like, like, I'm glad he dragged you all the way out here to show you off. Like, congratulations, you're divergent. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing I couldn't quite get is like, what's the point? 
what's the point of Chicago at all? If you already have a society where there's a bunch of genetically pure people, and then you have a bunch of mudblood banana people, right? I mean, like, yeah, what, why even? Like, well, cause I it, don't even get it. Because like, ultimately, the, the stated purpose of this horrifically unethical experiment is that apparently um, humanity got too dependent on um, genetic engineering and, like, genetic engineered ourselves into impurity. I mean, this is one of those things... And, like, and then caused a huge war that created the blood rain. Yeah, but, <laughs> like, I mean, ultimately it's one of those things where... I, there's a lot, there's a lot of earmarks in this story that are about, sort of, Christian dominionism. And once yeah. and and it works on that level i mean divergent kind of works on that level where you have the abnegation people who are clearly the sort of selfless christians and they're being sort of overrun by the the intellectual pinhead you know meddlers and the, the cops are really you know can go either way depending on who's in charge mm-hmm. um and the and farmers are all happy because we don't understand how rural America works. Anyway, <laughs> um, but you know it sort of works on that level. But like once you start getting into these later ones, the whole Christian dominionism thing uh, starts getting really scary because it, once it starts being a genetic thing, that's a whole other story. Like that's yeah. that's a whole like once that's, you that's more like the white nationalism. Once, and... Right, and, I, and like and I, I I want to be clear that I'm not. I'm not suggesting that Veronica Roth is a white nationalist. I'm oh, just right. saying. Oh right, no, no. I mean, like, this is I'm totally the, the, like it, it's it's one of those things that you think at the time is like, yeah. I mean, this is the dystopia slash utopia that that I'm. I mean, it totally makes sense in context, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like the underlying thing, like is is actually pretty bad. Right. You know, like I mean, you have something like the Hunger Games, where it's like the underlying metaphor there is is like you know the, the united states global domination and how it treats satellite states or it's about um how it treats you know the 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 class divide between you know the the elite and the the power brokers or, or i was and, ta- i was talking about you know, this earlier the, the laborers. Where, where just like seeing seeing like like p- poverty as state violence Right, but I, but I think the I mean I guess the point I'm trying to make though is that like in in the Hunger Games like we kind of talked about this um, before where it's the the Hunger Games is not about who you are it's about what you do like in the Hunger Games you know Katniss is forced to use her skills to and she's a flawed character you know to begin with but she has a, a she's good with a bow and arrow mm-hmm. and she's forced to use that to murder other kids to mm-hmm. survive this horrible thing that the state has set up but she ends up through her, just being herself flipping it around and becoming this sort of um, you know rebellious insurgent right I mean like she was an insurgent right right and it was all about what she did with Tris no it's but it, but only about but, who she is but also like her genetic makeup is the thing that makes her unique right but also, she didn't do anything but to also, get that, like, but, but be born but also like Katniss does you know sort of turn it around ish but I mean mostly she just survives and it takes fucking strips off of her like that yeah 
more than anything, especially the later two novels, is all about her ongoing and unrelenting PTSD, which yeah. she never gets out from under. Yep. She, but I mean, like, Trista sort of flounces through life, you know, right. and she has all these, like, things happen, and it's like, her parents died, but it doesn't seem to have affected her really at all as a person, you know, but... but I mean, more importantly, the thing that makes her important in the movie is her genetic purity. Right. And she's like, well, that's not right, which is easy to say as a genetically pure person. <laughs> right, right. And, and well, and, and just how, yeah, anyway, but I, like the, we started this sort of discussion talking about the fact that there, there is a sort of Christian-ish overlay on a lot of what's going on here. And I think that once you start getting the genetic stuff in there, too, I it I think it gets really muddy and really um, there's a lot of upsetting unintended metaphorical consequences. Yeah, and I think that that's just I mean again I mean comparing them as writers I think Suzanne Collins is just brilliant. I mean she's a great writer. But uh, and, right, and, you know yeah. I, I think that that it's the the Divergent movie again was super fun. And they got less fun as the series went on. Right. And this is the, maybe the least fun of them for kind of this reason, where it's just like, it's just kind of bad writing to begin with. And mm -hmm. and then they just sort of screwed up the movie by trying to split it into two. And so it's just sort of all over the place and haphazard. Mm -hmm. um, but at any rate, so like, Four crashes his ship, heads back to Chicago. Um, and then the other, like Triss um, puts on a black tank top to signify that she switched sides because she was wearing white before. Right. And now she's wearing a blank tack, a, a black tank top so that she can get back to her, you know, dauntless roots. Um, and they, she steals, she steals his car. She steals David's car. Mm -hmm. He's like, well, you'll never be able to fly that, whatever. And she can totally fly his car. I mean, Obviously. Like, she spent time, you know, training as a, you know, Sardu car or whatever. So <laughs> she, she gets out of there with her friends and head back to uh, Chicago where there's a, like a full-scale war brewing now between the Allegiant and the Factionless. And um, the, so like Peter, meanwhile, has struck a deal with David in his snarky way to go full-on evil. And he's like, whatever you want, man. I mean, all I want is a deal. Oh, this is such a great scene. Because so it, they're in one of those like dystopia apartments that's like poured concrete and, and really uncomfortable chairs. And so, uh, you know, Daniel and... Peter are sitting in uncomfortable chairs. And... David, Jeff Daniels. <laughs> yes, Jeff Daniels. I'm sorry. Ugh. Anyway, they're sitting in uncomfortable chairs, and Peter's like, man, I'm here for you. I'll do whatever. And uh, Jeff Daniels delivers one of these, like, kind of, like, uh, high-handed evil monologues about how uh, sacrifice is important for leadership and... Blah, 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 blah. And Peter, like, kind of leans back, looks around this, like, tight pad, and is like, I don't see any sacrifice here. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. He's the best thing about You're this the movie. Best. You're it's so, so awesome. great. So, yeah. So, so he gives him a job. He's like, I want you to go to Chicago and convince Evelyn to release this poison gas that mm -hmm. will make everybody forget everything. Right. And this is this is like just conveniently always been in the city sewer system, well, and no, in the air system it's... because this is how they founded the city in the first place, mm -hmm. right? I mean, like they threw all these people in there because they they weren't from there originally, right? They were like, all right, well, let's get all these people into Chicago, 
And then we'll just have this memory erasing gas. And then they'll be like, wait, who are we? Where were we? And then there's a little box that's like, okay, you are abnegation. Right, yes. You're in charge and you're selfless. Uh Here's the box. Uh Save it. Mm-hmm. Until somebody shows up who can open it. Yeah, so that's how they started. So this is basically hitting the reset button on the whole unethical experiment of yeah. Chicago. So so what? So in order to keep his funding, he's trying to keep Chicago, like as as a as a governable entity. And right. so he his plan is to just make everybody forget everything, and then they'll just sort of go on with their lives like everything's normal and figure it out again, yeah, like be, be factions again because. Yay. You know, you just got to keep it going, you know? Nobody ever got fired for using Microsoft, right? I mean, like, you just get the next version. Right. So, um, yeah. So then it turns into a lot of running around and shenanigans. Like, Yeah, because then at one point it's like, oh, no, actually the gas is going to be released into the vault, too, so you're going to forget. Everybody's going to forget everything, which is just convenient for David, but inconvenient for right because um, it was going to be else. like it was just going to they were just going to release the gas on the allegiant but not on you know the people in charge so then they could lord over everybody who forgot everything but right. then it turns out that it's actually everybody but then including peter and he's like i've just been betrayed which is not that much of a surprise so he again switches sides just, and yeah, lets God them back in him. he's like help me figure out how to turn this off because I, I may be 70% banana, but I want to figure out, like, <laughs> right. I want to remember, you right. know, what, what happened. And so, yeah. yeah. He's then, a survivor, man. He is. He's, and he's, he's a very funny survivor. He's a really funny survivor. Um, yeah, so then they, they come in, they smash it, and they, um, it, so at that point, like, they, they had sent a message to the whole world that was like, you know, there's this Bureau of Genetic Welfare <laughs> <laughs> You're and just never Chicago not is laugh. just an experiment in genetic purity, which is like, uh, you know. So then, and this is all sent through like David's ship. She sent it back on autopilot and sent it to like transmit this big message that um, Chicago is like, you know, we're not, we're not just bananas. We're, you know, we're our bananas, and <laughs> we're we're bananas. <laughs> yeah. So, and the whole thing is, it's just like this kind of like silly ending where it's just like. You know, and then and then we lived happily ever after. Well, yeah, I mean, because it was supposed to be another story where apparently the like I don't I don't know what all happens in it, but like she's supposed to um, like sacrifice herself mm-hmm. to save everybody from the memory, and then she like she gets shot in the process of releasing the memory gas on the Bureau of Welfare. Mm. Like so, she like flips it around, but then dies in the process, and apparently this created just a huge outcry. By the the fans of the book, they were like, "This ending sucks. Mm-hmm. This is terrible." Mm-hmm. And you know, and the author had to like go and defend it on her blog or whatever. And and then yeah. that like directly led to the the second movie just not being released. They were like, "Well, you know, nobody liked the book anyway." So right. you know, well, I, I mean, and I... unlike Game of Thrones, they didn't just let HBO write the ending. So. <laughs> Right, yeah, but I mean, this this movie ends comp- completely cromulently. It's totally fine. Like it's over to the point where you're like, you may not even realize really it's going to be another movie. Right. It's like you we won. Well, because what it was going to be, it was going to be another iteration of like, oh, it turns out that 
the people in O'Hare were part of the experiment or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just Oh, it turns out that actually all of the people in control are on the moon. Right. And the Earth it's, is a big, big giant bubble. Yeah. Right. It was just going to keep going like that, like iteratively, until somebody died. Yeah. Until well, they, died. they did talk about doing a series that would extend beyond the books and that more stuff would happen in a new world. Um, I guess. But that I just, just don't. Never, it, it's never too. De- like, the whole thing is too deterministic. It's yeah. not, not going to work. You know, this movie sucked. Yeah. I really didn't like it. And I'm just really disappointed because, like, if I had just not watched it again, I would have had my blood rain. Yeah, you were really excited about the blood rain. I was rain. really I mean, excited. I that was really metal. But, I, yeah. I mean, I don't know why. I must have been pretty drunk the first time I saw it because <laughs> I don't remember it sucking this much. And, and the fact that I watched it again is embarrassing and I don't think should factor into my rewatchability rating, which is... I think it's one. If you're going to watch the Divergent movie, you should probably watch the other two once. Okay, but I think that we got, like, memory poison gassed and we forgot it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think we got got robot serumed and we were forced to watch it against our will. I mean, because that's the the sad thing about the, the third movie is that it's basically the second movie with a different kind of, you know, poison gas trope. Yes. You know? I just... I just love how much science fiction is like, you know what we're going to do here? Yeah. Is release the poison gas. I mean, I feel like I, I would like to see this author re- rewrite this series or extend it or something when she's a more seasoned author. Because I well, think she's that still you could do some. Yeah, no, and I think you could do some really interesting things with this world, just not what she did with it. It feels like, you know, Aragon, how that sort of feels like it was written <laughs> by a 17 year old. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. I mean, I'm just saying. I, I but I, I think that it's like it's got a lot of potential, and it just needed some seasoning. You know, yeah, needed yeah. to marinate a little bit more, and could have been really interesting. So it would be neat if she could just rewrite the whole thing at some point. Well, I mean, okay, the first movie so was great. I you know? realize, I realize, I have a cassette tape that I have to put in here, uh-huh. which is that I think that there are some writers who, um, like, do best with where they're writing from the the lizard part of their brain. Right. Right. Like Stephanie Meyer. Like Stephanie Meyer is absolutely a lizard brain writer. Yeah. Like she, like she totally struck gold with um, Bella Swan because Bella Swan is this perfect uh, avatar for uh, gawky, uh, overachieving white girl um, anxiety. She is absolutely one hundred percent made out of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it just absolutely, and and then it gives her like a price. She gets like a she gets to marry Jesus, right? And it's amazing. Um, but and and then the and the parts of it that work um, are like must. And you know, I mean, you know, psychologically analyzing a writer this way is kind of shitty, but I, I, yet I do it. Um, but I mean, I just feel like it comes out of the lived experience of being a kind of overachieving white girl full of anxiety right you, and, you know that's why my my first book is going to be a, about 70 percent bananas <laughs> <laughs> um and and i think the the parts of divergent which work are are that sort of thing um right. where where it's either you know the parts about chicago and the parts about um you know feeling feeling trapped within your you know understanding that there's a larger world out there 
but feeling trapped by the limitations of your own experience. Right. And all of that anxiety and the rest of it, like, she wouldn't be able to write that now. It would be a fundamentally different novel. Yeah. Because it wouldn't, it wouldn't, well, I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not being fair because obviously Stephanie Meyer wrote Twilight when she was not a teenage girl full of anxiety, but she, right. she was very good at channeling her younger self, I think. And that's not what Susan Collins is doing in The Hunger Games. Like she's, yeah. she's, she's already written for television. She's already got several series under her belt. She's already a seasoned writer. She's not, her, her goal is not to sort of. Uh, capture some sort of lived experience. Yeah, but her characters are still really fully rendered. You know, I mean, no, like, no, no, no. I'm Katniss not as a character has, like, real flaws that affect her, her like, real plot. You Dude. know, whereas, like, with Triss, like, what's her Dude, real yeah, flaw? Don't, you know don't, what I mean? Don't mistake me. Because, like, <laughs> I think that kind of, like, being the kind of writer who can actually control your material... Oh, right, right. So it's not some lizard brain thing. It's not just sort of accidental. It's like, it's it's on right. purpose. Right. So I, don't, less, I, don't, yeah, I see what you're saying. I don't think that necessarily either Meyer or or Roth is in control of their material. I think yeah. it's all so just coming works, out. So what works because it, it's like something within them that they really managed to capture. Right. As opposed to something that right. they were intending to capture. Because I, like, because I, you know, I mean, I think obviously... Uh, Bella Swan is a hugely uh, flawed character. I mean, one of her major flaws is that she hates everybody. She bites her lip too much. And is mean. <laughs> and But that is not the understanding of the book. The book does not understand her to be hateful and mean. The book understands her to be... She's just clumsy. Like, clumsy is her That's one character... character flaw. Is, it is understood <laughs> to be her character flaw, yeah. which is not... Her, actually her character flaw but it's not even important to anything it's not like she like clumsily kicks something over and then gets edward killed you know what i mean like it's not part of the plot at no, all that I she's clumsy i i completely it just I, doesn't matter i completely agree i'm just saying that like she does have flaws but they're not the ones that stephanie meyer thinks she has is there anybody she likes she likes edward that's it she likes the other vampires she, she likes need, her dad she uh yeah Charlie's just there, I think. Yeah. Because she doesn't like her mom. Nobody anyway, likes her mom. I'm like, I'm so far off of the, I'm so far <laughs> out of the field. But, but I, anyway, so no, I No, but just... I mean, I think your point about lizard brain writers is right. And, and there's something really, like, neat when they can, when they can get the gears to engage and, and capture whatever it is that they're, you know, that yeah, they're going I mean... for. And that's, I think, what I liked ultimately about Divergent so much is that she really did get the... The sort of the the sort of sense of of like fear of entering this 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 world that you know nothing about and the adventure of mm. following along and then the righteousness of of you know we're doing the right thing and and I think that it just sort of disappeared in the last two movies here like I mean presumably the books didn't fare any better because the way they ended pissed off the readers yeah but I mean in movies anyway I think which is has less to do with with the author I think. And more to do with the, the director and the writers on the movie, mm -hmm. um, but the way that they they did it was just sort of downhill from from there. Like I think it really started well, and then yeah. I mean it's like the it's like the Matrix movies, right? Where it just sort of it started really well, and they were like, "Hey, that worked. Let's make the other two. And then they just sort of sat down and 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 punched out the other two, so that that like the third movie starts where the second movie ends because you just sort of don't. 
Yeah. You, you don't want I, just know, one movie. I almost, you know? like, oh, this is going to end up with us watching the Matrix movies, isn't it? Because I feel like I saw them, I saw the second two once. And not, I, I, you know, but the problem with this whole thing is the rewatchability of those last two movies is low enough that I may never watch them. Yeah, except that, okay, counterpoint, I think that, like, like we if didn't... If you make me watch The Matrix 2, I will make you watch Highlander 2. Oh, God, why would you do that? That's, That's so what awful. I'm saying. Like, there's no point. We can talk about it, but I don't have to watch it. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> I just I just think that there, it's possible, like, people have started talking about this, like, now that the Warchowskis are, have both come out as trans, talking about um, The Matrix at least the matrix as a trans allegory yeah so I which mean, i have never i, mean, I have never watched again. it with that in mind yeah um that would could potentially be interesting yeah um but then i don't know i don't know that i can do it with the next two yeah no and i think it's like it's like you know divergent i would watch again but but probably not allegiant it's just, no, it's I just it, I just feel like if if I want to get the Allegiant, like, I honestly didn't know what happened in Allegiant because I think I was drunk for, or I maybe slept through it. No, I think There's it was really memory gas, that... memory gas, dude. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm not watching it again. No, I'm not watching it again. And and if I want the blood rain, I can just look for it on YouTube, and that'll and I'll feel good about it. The blood crick, it'll be great. But it's just yeah, I should have left well enough alone. This yeah. is not a good movie. Yep. All right. High five. High five. Thank you.